It's time to experience Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Hey, kid, you want a toy? What do the man know about toys? Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. With Kung Fu Grip, the hands that grip. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy! Action figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up! Well, welcome back from a long hiatus uh, that we've had. We've, we've, as many of us, been going through a lot of things in this year of 2020, and uh, we decided to spend a little bit of time on our families and us for the last couple of months, and I'm kind of happy we did because I think it's helped us kind of rejuvenate and get excited about toys but also yeah we'll probably rant a little bit about things later on but <laughs> chris welcome back from your uh tour de force through the mountains thank you yeah it was a much needed getaway so you know obviously with 2020 it's been challenging to have a normal quote-unquote vacation so we decided to go up and visit uh you know the smoky mountains national park because it's a place that you can go and social distance from everybody. And, you know, we pretty much stayed out of Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge unless we were driving through or picking up food, uh, you know, but it was much needed. And as you'd mentioned, you know, dealing with some, some family things and taking time to, to kind of deal with those, but it's good to be back. Well, I'm happy to have you back. Um, and I'm still jealous of the mountain excursion. <laughs> as, as, as Chris knows, but as a lot of you all don't know, my honeymoon was actually spent in the Smoky Mountains. So it is a near and dear place to both myself and my wife's heart. So uh, we, do, we do love that area. And what a great place to go during a pandemic where nature is not going to hurt you. Only nurture and people will. So it's nice to kind of head out to a place where you can enjoy your surroundings and be around nature. So I'm happy to hear that you guys got to enjoy that. And uh, welcome back, because uh, guess what? Things haven't changed. Yeah, <laughs> I got that like my first day back in the office. I'm like, oh, here we go again, you know. But it was, it was good, you know, being in nature too. There's something about nature that just kind of like resets you, I guess. So it was very relaxing. Um, it, it was calming. You know, we kind of took things at our own pace. We didn't try and cram too much in, but we were surprisingly got, a, you know, got to do a lot that the national park had to offer. So it was good, you know, and, you know, I hope everyone can kind of get away and do something because I know mental mental health has been a has been a struggle uh for everybody in the in the pandemic situation very true and i know it wasn't just all mountains and nature for you um how many walmarts did you hit while you were over there so i lost count after 15 now a couple of those we hit <laughs> twice because they're there but um it was it was like between the five different states that we were in over the course of five days, um, most of those were during the driving days, we stopped in some Walmarts, you know, off the highway that weren't too far off the beaten path and stuff. But it was, it was like, like 15 plus. <laughs> and even with hitting 15 plus Walmarts, 
did you actually find any of the Golden Goose Hasbro Star Wars Black Series or carbonized TVC items? No. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? Most of a common collector didn't. Unless yeah. you lived in the middle of Montana or Wis- or Delaware or the Dakotas, I don't think you were really finding them. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it has been an hellacious experience, to say the least, when it comes to hunting down a store exclusive through Walmart. At least, uh, I'll say this, there are two issues here. Walmart are issues with your, in, your, your in-store experience, and the long, long wait for your online experience. And when we do get that experience, it's mixed bag. Target, our issue with you is, hey, your pre-order system and your online system sucks. I'm just going to be honest. You have not put any type of protections on your site whatsoever. And it is absolutely ridiculous, especially when you have an entire area dedicated on your site called the collector spot, yet you still don't limit your items or limit your items by an IP address or location or account. And on top of that, you have absolutely no bot authentication process at all. Whereas you have these smaller companies, they can apparently afford bot protection, but you can't explain that to me, Target. If you want to have a consistent uh, consumer coming back to you and you are investing in this collector spot concept, you need to invest the time, money, and effort into it. Otherwise, get out of the game. Yeah, so so you're, the points you're making here are exactly the thoughts that I've had. And these are exactly the thoughts that I've heard from multiple collectors in different, you know, Facebook groups that you and I are in together, that you and I are in separately, that, you know, collector friends around here that I talk to, you know, as luck would have it at our Walmart here locally that I literally could walk to if I wanted to, they got that shipper on Friday. But even my local buddy here went in at 9 a.m. It said they had him in stock and he was told, Oh, they couldn't find that. They couldn't find it. They didn't have them, whatever. And then later that evening, everything was out of stock. So I can tell you right now that 85% of the Walmarts that we went to while we were, you know, that Sarah and I went to while we were traveling said that they were in stock. And same here. If I, same here. Yeah. And yeah, if I felt same like, story. yeah, it's ridiculous. And if I approached an employee and asked about it only twice, of those times did I get somebody who was helpful and had some knowledge as to what was going on. Most of the time I got, Oh, well it's on the truck waiting to be unloaded. We don't have it back <laughs> there. Or, you know, I got told by one lady, I'm going to be honest with you. We have three trucks waiting to be unloaded back there. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I like I said, I only got two um, that were kind of helpful. One was a, and, and I didn't think he was going to be helpful because I kind of judged him on his age you know, usually my experience has been is that the younger, you know, like your high school kids that are working there, they don't care, right? But this guy, he probably wasn't high school, maybe maybe young college age, but he told me, no, yeah, everyone's been looking for those, but no, we they're they're on the truck waiting to be unloaded, and we don't have room right now to put them out, but they're going to probably go out on Sunday or Monday. Well, sure enough, they put them out on Sunday, but we we're trying to kill some time on Saturday to let the rain pass before we went into the park and we weren't going to go back out there. So it wasn't a big deal, but 
the point being is that only two people were helpful. One lady went in the back and looked and she's like, no, I'm sorry. I don't see it back there. It must be on a truck on a truck. So your employees don't know what's going on. You don't have a street date that you set this stuff all at the same time like Target does, which Target executes to perfection uh, with that. I, to be fair, I, I think it depends on the individual Target. Um, I, I do think Target is better at following the date. I agree with that. But I don't think that all targets are created equal. And I think a lot of the time the targets will put items out or will go in the back and grab one of those items and give it out. Because although it may be street dated, it is not register locked, which means it depends on the employee if they're going to go grab it or not. Okay, so let me preface that then with, with stuff that's register locked. Because what I found is Target sends out communication that says, hey, there's a revision to this planetgram or, hey, we're doing this event and it's going to happen on this day. For instance, the Galaxy's Edge stuff. Now, I know that each Target got barely anything for stock, but at least when we went in that Sunday morning, it was there like it was supposed to be. Oh, I can tell you a Walmart. story. It's like the wild. I got a story <laughs> for you on the Galaxy's Edge stuff at Target. So I right. was purposely checking the stock numbers to see if items magically disappeared overnight. And I paid attention to a local target by us and it had six, a full case of each figure listed by the, when I went to sleep in the morning at 6 AM when their stock updates, it went from six to three. Huh? And this was after they had closed. So that means a Target employee had purchased three of those in the overnight team on a, on a supposedly exclusive day of release item. So, like I said, not all targets are created equal, and that number should not be changing from six to anything until the time that store opens on the day of release. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. I, I think... The point we're making here is that it's just been a process to get anything exclusive. And, you know, here's what I'm going to, here's where I'm going to go. Walmart, stop taking pre-orders if you're going to just put this stuff in store and push my pre-orders back. Now, you could say, well, this is, you know, you know, well, this has only happened this time, but here's the thing. This has been a reoccurring trend this year. The Ghostbusters retro collection, people pre-ordered those. They got pushed back multiple times. I think, you know, some people set up to three times. Other people had their stuff canceled, yet they just showed up in stores before the pre-orders ever shipped. The Star Wars retro collection earlier this year, same situation. They got pushed back, I think, once or twice. And some people still had them canceled, but they showed up in stores two months before they started maybe a month before they started shipping to people. And then you had the, uh, the uh, this recent one. There's another one in between there that I'm drawing a blank on. But there, this most recent one with the, the Ahsoka Trooper and Ahsoka and the Mandalorians and then the Carbonized stuff. This stuff all went up for pre-order. We all pre-ordered it. And then you pushed our pre-orders back. I got not one but two notifications on that being pushed back. And then you put it in stores and have everybody hunting in stores for it. Well, what's the point of a pre-order? A pre-order is supposed to be so that when that item is released, it ships to you, right? I shouldn't be having my item pushed back two or three times 
the date shouldn't be getting pushed. I should be getting that. If you're going to put it in stores, then you should be simultaneously shipping my pre-order as you put it in stores like Target does. And I'm just kind of fed up with it. So, you know, now I'm sitting here and thank goodness you were able to grab me an Ahsoka. And I really appreciate that. But the rest of my order, I'm like, is it going to go through or is it going to get canceled? Because they have this reputation now where they have canceled some people's orders. And here's a story for you on the Masters of the Universe Wave 2. So I pre-ordered this stuff way back when that first went up. I think it was August. August seems like a long time ago. <laughs> but I pre-ordered that second wave. And one of the items, I got a notification yesterday that they were canceling it off my order because they over they oversold the pre-order. And I'm like, what? Well, here's the kicker. Later on that day, all of wave two goes back up on Walmart for sale and people are, the ship dates are, are now. So it's going to ship now. So I actually reordered everything that I had pre-ordered, canceled my pre-order. And some of that stuff is like, one of the items is arriving tomorrow. So I don't understand why you took my pre-order pushed it back, the date of it pushed it back, couldn't fulfill it when you said you were going to fulfill it, then canceled items off of my pre-order, but then put all four figures in that wave back up and I was able to reorder them, cancel my original pre-order and get them. And then, oh, on top of that, you raised the price 85 cents per figure. You got to love it, right? I, I wonder how their inventory system is set up with Walmart. You bring up some really good points. And I wanted to make sure I was giving both retailers their equal th uh, thrubbing, you know, <laughs> right now. So that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about Target first. But yeah, I totally agree enough. with you. You know, Walmart is by far um, the most difficult retailer to work with. You know, Target's had its issues, but at the end of the day, I've been a lot more successful at Target than Walmart. I absolutely agree with you in that respect. But the Walmart experience is at a whole nother level of ridiculousness. Like you just said, getting a pre-order, seeing it in store, or it gets canceled, then it's put back up on the site. You have to reorder it again. Then it arrives before the other delay date was supposed to have it on the original pre-order. And it's like, well, what kind of system or of inventory are you using in order to understand how many items you have and where they are at any time in your system? So it's, it is a huge question mark on how they are organizing and managing the supply and demand of their items. It, it really is a mess. And I think a good example of a company that realized that and changed their tactics with Walmart is NECA. I bring NECA up all the time, but NECA has a exclusive contract with both Walmart and Target, just like Hasbro does. But what NECA did was they saw the ridiculousness that was happening with the Walmart site and decided to, since they had a loophole in that contract, to only allow Walmart to sell their items in store and not online on their website. So now NECA is able to sell their online items that are dedicated as Walmart exclusives, very similar like Hasbro does with Hasbro Pulse and other retailers, a joint exclusive in that respect, where they're selling the exclusive online on NECA's website, but selling it in person at a Walmart. And I think maybe that's something Hasbro needs to look into because this online process with Walmart has been proven not to work, not just with Hasbro, but with pretty much any collector or toy company has realized that the online system with Walmart is just not usable. It's just not, not going to work. And I mean, there's just too much evidence against it.
Yeah, you know, we've brought up NECA several times on this show, and I will continue to tout them and applaud them for pivoting and make the turn that needed to be made to make collectors happy, to be able to get product into collectors' hands and not have to go to the secondary market. And I had a friend of me once say, you know, with these exclusives, you know, collecting, collecting is, is not shopping, you know. Like some stuff, it's going to be exclusive, a little harder to get. And, and I agree with that, and I see that. And, but at the same time, I look at NECA and I go, you know what? Look at how stress-free that system is now. And look at what they've done. They've made a lot of collectors happy. And believe me, there were a lot of collectors that were really upset with the way things were going with NECA. And I really applaud them for saying, hey, we're going to tackle this. I, I have to be honest right now. You know, uh, Star Wars is my bread and butter line, and I've kind of alluded to it. I don't know if I've actually come out on the show and said it, but I'm, I'm having more fun collecting lines. And part of that, not all of that, but part of that is that all these exclusives that Star Wars has done this year, that Hasbro has split between these different retailers, has just made it so hard to track down and you know, you're, you're doing like we'd had, we just had the, the craziness of the first Mando Monday. And oh my God, I hope that they don't have this much stuff every Monday. But I'm like, where do I go first? Because all this stuff is going up at the same time. You've got to go to Amazon. You've got to go to Target. You've got to go to Walmart. You know, <laughs> I think the Best Buy's had some exclusives. And you're going all over the place. And so it's kind of like taking a little bit of the fun out of it. And you know, you look over at NECA and NECA's like, you know what, we're going to do these pre-order windows and that's how we're going to do it. And Hasbro keeps saying, well, in order for us to get figures out here like this, we have to have retailer exclusives. And I'm going to argue that no, you don't. Uh, you have Pulse. It's a dedicated site. You could use it. Now, I understand the bean counters at Hasbro are probably like, well, we don't want to stock inventory and to give you a little background, I work in supply chain. So I understand how supply chain works. I don't work in toy supply chain, but it's still a very similar concept. And the bottom line is, is, you know, I could see them saying, well, we don't want to stock this stuff and whatever. Okay, then do dedicated pre-orders like NECA's done. You know, and I understand some characters, they have to be exclusive um, to sell because they're not going to sell in a wave. I get that. Moloch is a good example of that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a good example of that. But there's other figures that I'm like, you could put this in a wave and it would sell. Are you telling me you couldn't sell the heck out of the, these four figures that you just put out to Walmart that we just talked about? Those would have sold in a wave like gangbusters. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, they're losing money uh, because the secondary market is scraping up and doubling and tripling their money off of the items because they're buying them up at a smaller rate from these retailers and upselling them very easily. Um, it, it just makes no sense to me. I, I like Nick's model because not just with the pre-order piece, but they specify lines for each retailer. It's not so much just exclusives, like particular characters. They, they think of lines for different roles. So with the turtles, they have now broken up the turtles into multiple lines. They have a video game line, a gaming line that they do specifically for third parties, um, meaning comic book shops and fan channel sites and things like that, where if you're a NECA retailer, you can carry it. Um, 
or like an FYE or a smaller frame kind of shop like that. Um, Hasbro's dabbled in it with GameStop, right, with the gaming grades, but they haven't really seen that through. Maybe they could do the prequel line of characters with Target and do the original trilogy with another retailer to be more specified and actually have a backup system in place where you have a certain amount, since you know what characters you're making, you can make more of them and make them more readily available to that retailer instead of picking specific characters that are super hot and just throwing them out there to only one retailer. I think you need to be a lot more strategic moving forward. I think NECA, Super 7, and a lot of the middle tier toy companies that are growing, even things like Funko, have learned how to do that and have learned how to organize their items to work better in understanding the audience that they're reaching with each retailer. Um, the other lines that I think of are the movie line is specifically to Walmart. The cartoon line is specifically to Target. Everyone knows where they need to go to get the items they want. And they have a good backup process in place through scheduled pre-orders. And they constantly reset the items once they sell. NECA slowed down their production of multiple characters of variety and focused on making a lot of each item that people want. So that way, first of all, they're not flooding the market with items that people don't want because they're listening to the demand. And then number two is they're putting enough out there that people want and that they're still selling every single item they're putting out there. And there's nothing sitting over there uh, ending up on a clearance rack. Like to put example, DC McFarlane figures. I found a Devastator, which is one of the newer figures that came out. That is gorgeous figure. I'm sure Chris knows this figure too, because we've both been kind of slowly pulled into the DC stuff. It's so cool. But, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, and I saw that at Walmart. And Walmart had locked, at, my Walmart had knocked down all the prices to 15. I got Devastator for $15. That's ridiculous. Nice. That figure That's is going for That's 30 a- to $40 anywhere else. And it's a big, it's a big chunk of plastic. I it's mean, huge. huge. It's heavy as hell. Yeah. I, I had you him hanging out with McFarlane. my wampa the other day. Yeah. You talk about McFarlane and I just, from Amazon, just, I pre-ordered the, the, uh, um, I can never pronounce his, his name correctly. Azazel. Is that his name? Azazel. Azrael. That's it. Azrael. Yeah. 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 Azrael the, the uh, within the Batman armor, huh? Yes. I got him in the Batman armor. So I got him as his own figure, which I thought was cool. And then when he came out in the Batman armor, I'm like, Oh, and I'm probably going to go back and try and track down a Hellbat. Uh, and that devastated if I came across him. Is it? Yeah. I saw I mean, Hellbat cool. on sale for 18 on Amazon yesterday, by the way. And I'm trying not, to, I'm trying to be like contained, but I think Todd, <laughs> Todd's doing a great job of getting some of these. He really more is. Obscure. Like we have how many versions of a regular Batman. So I think it's cool. That he's doing. <laughs> well, and now he's ones. doing, now he's starting to dabble in. I think some of the shots came out today and today being October 29th, as we head towards Halloween, um, they put out some of the shots of Flashpoint, um, which is a very famous story in DC comics where there's an alternate world where Thomas Wayne, um, uh, Bruce Wayne's father becomes Batman and not Bruce. And, uh, 
that Batman has like the red symbol of the bat uh, with the red circle underneath the bat symbol on his chest. And uh, there's one version that's coming out that's exclusive to Target that's sold out like that. Um, <laughs> once again, Target pre-orders sell out in under a minute. Thank you, bots. Um, and then right, and then also they have a unmasked version coming out later um, in uh, I think quarter two maybe of next year. Yeah. You know, it's funny with Target. I, I actually feel, I don't feel bad, but it's like when you see everybody, I, I've been lucky. So when Hasbro PulseCon happened and they announced, so I'll give you a little background. Uh, we're at Disney World with a friend and PulseCon is going on. And really there was only a couple of panels that I really had to pay close attention to. Well, of course, G.I. Joe Classifieds was one of them. And they announced the first couple of figures and I'm like, all right, one was a trooper, but on Pulse. They limited it to one per, so it wasn't a problem getting that. But then they announced, oh, here's two more Cobra Island Target exclusives. I'm like, what? And they didn't even address the issue of how it went the first time with Cobra Island. And people in the chat were just going, they're, they're blowing them up, right? And look, I don't necessarily think that that's the, the time and place to do it. I mean, that's not a problem with the brand team that's a problem with their distribution and their accounting and, and other teams within Hasbro that's not the team that's actually making these figures and and producing that you know but people are blowing them up but I thought that you know it at least needed to be recognized like it, it addressed the elephant in the room of the problem people had so anyway later in the day they go up and I actually got both of them I got lucky but I had, uh, you know, we talk about my Rogue 12 friends, you know, our little chat group there, and they were trying to help me get them too, but also for another collector in our group who's doing the classifieds, and no one else was able to get them. I, I guess I just got extremely lucky, but I'm, I have three phones going, so we have my buddy Daryl with us who's trying on his phone, Sarah's on her phone, and I'm on my phone, and what happens is, is that I'm doing Pulse first because Target notoriously is a couple minutes behind, and we're handing phones back and forth. But I got them. And then I got, you know, this week when they put up the, the Black Series, the Mandalorian with removable helmet and the child, I was lucky enough to get that too before lucky. it sold out. Yeah. But well, it's like I basically made the choice because like you said, it was a ridiculous drop. There were so many items dropped at the same time. And something I collect, that's something that we don't normally talk about here because we mostly focus on toys. But on the collectible side, you know, there are a lot of things that make up collectibles, including clothing. Um, and one of the things that I've started to get into that's become a really bad habit, Chris, um, is what's called Roosevelt's and Roosevelt's shirt. And um, these have become quite popular. Roosevelt's standing for Teddy Roosevelt president of the united states um one who created the national park system national, you got to i was enjoy. just gonna say that yeah i was just gonna <laughs> nice say reference that. point there right <laughs> um but but the shirt company um is just continuing to growing they actually won entrepreneur of the year award this past year um and it's the company is just growing and growing exponentially soon you're going to start seeing it more and more out there in the public eye if you haven't heard about it you will be hearing about it soon but they just got the star wars mandalorian license um and uh they released their first ever three mandalorian shirts and I was very lucky because I had the Target app up on one thing. I had the Roosevelt up on the other. And I was clicking through both at the same time. 
Target asked me to it log me out and asked me to log in again. I'm like, oh, I'm screwed on Target. Threw that aside because I knew if you don't get that in 10 seconds, it's gone. So then I focused on the Roosevelt and was very lucky to get one of the shirts. And I'm very excited about that coming very soon because apparently if you're in one of the first few hundred that purchased it, it comes in a very exclusive Beskar armor box. Um, so I'm very cool. I'm very curious to see if I'll be in one of those uh, early 100s because it already shipped out within 24 hours after it was purchased. That's the one thing I love about Roosevelt too is they are on it, man. Those things are shipped out within the same day typically. Um, it's a really impressive company. Yeah, that's cool. You know, uh, you sent me the picture of that and I didn't even know that was going up. So it's kind of crazy. There was so much going on. Funny and thing about us- that. Funny thing about that shirt, like you didn't know it was going up. If you watch the video, the the video that has uh, that Star Wars put up, the Star Wars show individuals, um, the gentleman's name, who I can't remember his name, uh, that one of the hosts of the show, what's his name? Of the Star um, Wars show, the gentleman host, oh, I can't think of his name. But we all know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. He was I, I wearing can't think of either of their names. <laughs> he was wearing a one of one Roosevelt's Beskar armor designed shirt during the entire video. And if you look at the bottom of the video and freeze it, it says shirt provided by Roosevelt's on the bottom left corner of your screen. So they are starting to hit into the mainstream a little bit more and Lucasfilm and Disney are aware of them. Yeah, that's interesting. So you know, like I said, I didn't know the shirt was coming. Um, but we were driving home that day from the Smoky Mountains. And, you know, we had intended to get home a lot earlier, but, you know, we stopped at a couple, uh, you know, a couple Walmarts here and there. And <laughs> at noon, you know, we stopped for lunch. And I'm like, is stuff going up at noon or are they just going to tell us what's launching? So we stopped at lunch for lunch at noon, which we ate in the car. Cause you know, Sarah and I, we have not eaten out in a restaurant since this whole thing happened, but so we're eating in my new car as well, which I wasn't thrilled about, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. But, you know, yeah. We're eating lunch. And so that they, they announce what's going up and then they're like four o'clock. So I'm like, okay, game plan. I'm going to drive another two hours. And then, you know, Sarah took over. Um, so I could do pre-orders and so we timed that so that I could be available to do pre-orders. But I have to tell you, it is a pain in the butt trying to do that all on a cell phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was that's how I had to do it. And, you know, luckily, I think uh, the link had gotten out there for the, um, the Black Series Beskar. It had gotten out there. So I added it to my favorites beforehand. So that when it went up, I could already be on that page refreshing. Now with the GI Joes, I actually had to search for them. And that was a pain to try and search the correct search because Target is very finicky about how you search things. It is. Um, But this one I was able to add to favorites. So it was just a boom. And then I've learned with Target, you know, even if you have everything saved, they're going to ask you for your security code on your credit card. So I've memorized that. So now I'm like, I can just put that in and be done. But I made this decision. I'm going to do this first and then I'm going to do this. And, and so, you know, we've talked about Target, we've talked about Walmart, but let's kind of, let's kind of take it to Hasbro because Hasbro owns a piece of this, of this puzzle here and they're not totally without fault. And, and I'm not, we're not picking on, on these retailers just to pick on them. This is constructive criticism. And this is things that the collecting community keeps saying over and over 
and over. So oh, totally. The reason we're why we're criticizing a- this is we want some positive change. We want to keep yeah. going there. We want to keep buying things from them. And the only way for us to do that is for them to listen to this criticism and start making some smart moves and changes in order to get more of the customers that are going to return rather than the resellers that are going to take advantage and then one day skip out when the products aren't as cool anymore. Yeah. And, and the, one of the nice things this time around was not exclusive to target or Walmart, which it had been previously on the different, the two different versions they've done now. Now here's where we're going to get into Hasbro a little bit. And that is that, Oh my gosh, are we just, and maybe Disney. I think the, the Disney is driving some of this, but is there anything else going on in Star Wars besides Mandalorian? Now I realize there's no properties <laughs> out, but oh my gosh, I feel like it's man all Mandalorian all the time now. Because let's be honest, because Lucasfilm had to scramble so hard after the debacle that was rise of Skywalker. And no offense to anyone that enjoyed the film. I'm glad you enjoyed it, but let's be honest. The vast majority of the world and critics in, included were not fans of the film <laughs> or let's say in the entirety of the sequel trilogy did not have the impact that it intended to have on its intended audience. And because of that, things like the Mandalorian have given quote unquote, a new hope to the star Wars fandom and have allowed them to have an opportunity to get back into things and to buy new things that they actually think are cool looking. And I think the problem is, yeah. And I think the problem is, is there really haven't come up with another answer other than what has been successful with the Mandalorian. Yeah, and I completely agree with what you're saying. And here's what I'll add to that, is that The Mandalorian came along and it kind of galvanized the Star Wars community behind a property again. Because let's face it, The Force Awakens came out and everyone, you know, it was liked well enough. Uh, You know, the criticism was it was a beat for beat of Star Wars. And I will agree to that, especially for the second half of that movie. But I still had fun with that movie. And then you have The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, which are both very polarizing films. And my experience has been you fall in one camp or the other. And those camps are you either like The Last Jedi or you like Rise of Skywalker. But I don't meet very many people that really like both. Um, and, and I fall in the, in the Last Jedi camp, as I know you do, Brian. But Exactly, right? yeah. Because if yeah. we're talking about filmmaking... And I mean, what I'll say is The Last Jedi is not a prototypical Star Wars film and it never wanted to be. And if people were expecting it to be a prototypical Star Wars film, they were sadly surprised by it. And I I think what Last Jedi tried to do was create something different, something new, so that the sequel trilogy didn't continue in the rehashing that started with Force Awakens. Now, There are some liberties it took that, yeah, maybe they could have changed or done a little bit different. But overall, at least it was a film that pushed things and that had an independent feel, much like the original films did. Um, And it had a tone and had a theme and had a lesson. 
and there was something specific about the story, there was a continuous theme, which you find in all Star Wars films. And in that way, it was very Star Wars. But in not being Star Wars, it became Star Wars, if that makes sense to anyone. Um, but, but my thing with Rise of Skywalker was, uh, it, it was basically a director who was trying to finish up or look for a thread to tie in a story that he supposedly was creating in his first film. And that's what happens when you have different mindsets and different ideas in one continuous saga of, of a story. I think things went to hell when they decided to, to cut ties with Colin Trevorrow. That's just my opinion. I, I think that Colin Trevorrow was chosen for a reason. He had an idea in mind. And if you really break down and look at Last Jedi, Colin Trevorrow, you can feel his kind of touch points on there because just like Ryan Johnson was on set for J.J. Abrams, of course, so we can sign, hey, set this up, do this a certain way, so that way I can continue the story that I want to do in the second film. Trevor was doing the same thing with Ryan. So then you had someone with J.J. coming in that had to look at the beats that were done for a different script and a different idea and rework it into something he built from scratch. So I, I feel like in this aspect of filmmaking, there really wasn't much that could be done. I'm not trying to give J.J. an out here, but I, I think that JJ isn't a terrible filmmaker, um, but I do think that having the way things went down with Rise of Skywalker, not sticking with the original theme and idea and director really caused it to fail. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, is that they didn't really have the whole story, you know, all set out before they started the first oh, you know, of course. seven. And, and look, I'm just going to be honest with you. If I'm looking to watch a Star Wars movie, I'm not going to the sequel trilogy anyway. I'm just not, you know. Um, but the point that I'm making here is, is that, that the, the, there were so little toys after the last, you know, for The Last Jedi. And there was even less for Rise of Skywalker because they flooded the market with Force Awakens. And it didn't sell as much as, as they thought they would. Then again, I would say they made a lot of missteps with what they produced or character selection as well for those movies but here comes the mandalorian and it galvanizes the community again there's no more infighting i mean i've there's very few people i've met that don't like the mandalorian right so it's galvanized the community and i know people want these things and and hasbro's striking while the iron's hot let's talk about a little bit about haslab because that's happened since the last time you know, we put a show out. Ooh, and it's kind let's of, talk about the Razor Crest. Yeah, and it's kind of a it's kind of a, a big thing. And here's what I'm gonna say: it wasn't an unexpected choice. Um, I was hoping my personally, I was hoping for something else from Haslab, but that's just you mean me. something that was a dream project, like Haslab is intending to be for something yes. that wouldn't have been made unless somebody helped fund it. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, yeah I, that along those lines but i'm also uh, you know i i am i understand hasbro saying well you know we're gonna strike while the iron's hot mandalorian's hot so this thing will probably sell if we do it as as our next haslab project and you know i look at something like the ghost which probably would have funded back in the day when that show was running unless they mm -hmm. bring that show back it's probably you know if they did it as a haslab it probably would not fund now so they're going to go, okay, well, fans wanted a ghost, but we couldn't give you a ghost and we've missed our, our timeline, you know, on that. So, well, here's a razor crest, but 
And it's great. I'm glad people are getting it here. I'm going to go on record and say, you know, I have not ordered it yet. And I'm like 95% sure that I'm not. And I, that probably shocks <laughs> a lot of people because being the Star Wars collector that I am having the barge, but I just don't feel an attachment to that vehicle yet. I feel an attachment to the characters in the Mandalorian, but I don't feel an attachment to that ship. But the other thing I'm going to Fair say point. is like, we have been waiting for other things from Hasbro for a long time. Death Star playset. I'm looking at you. Yes. And, and we continue you now Hasbro's taken some steps in the right direction with, you know, the cloud city uh, um, playset. although, you know, there's some controversy with that one in certain, you know, circles, but, and the, the Tantive four, you know, walls that we're going to get. So, Maybe that's on the horizon, but I'm going to say this. Speaking. You could have put, well, you could have put the Razor Crest at retail and you would have sold yes. it. Yes, I agree. I agree entirely. My whole point on the HasLab concept is you built the idea of HasLab for being something that is a crowdfunded project that would never have been made unless you got funding up front from people wanting to do it. And the thing is, Let's be honest, a Razor Crest would have been made regardless of a crowdfunding effort or not. And you just trying to create these little unlock points or just you trying to sell more units that are guaranteed. I'm just being honest here. This is a cash grab. This is, this is them understanding that they know they're going to sell it, so we're going to pick something that we know will do well. And granted, I understand this is 2020. This is a crazy landscape. you got to pull in whatever you can to be successful as a company. I get it from the company perspective. But my problem is, why do you need to use HasLab to do it, especially when you're selling HasLab as being this dream project concept? You know, I just don't understand why you're basically going back on your word on why you built this whole thing to begin with. Um, it just it undermines everything you've been doing. No one would have ever bought a sail barge in a store. And that's why it was made for this project. No one would have bought a massive Unicron in a store because it's just not something that would have sold in a store. A $350 Razor Crest? Yeah, people would have bought that in a store because they bought a $400 Millennium Falcon with no problem. Um, that was just, once again, a repack with different electronic sounds and a packaging yeah, and of a few porks. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I don't get their model. Um, wh why not do something different? In my opinion, this is definitely just about guaranteed funding. You know, and, and I can't disagree with you here. And, and I, I've heard some of the, the counterpoints to what we're saying, and they're valid. You know, I think they, they are valid. I think that, you know, like I, like I mentioned a little, just a little bit ago, the ghost versus the razor crest, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I get that, but it does feel like a, a little bit of a cash grab. And, and let's just put it out there that, Hasbro's a, I believe a multi, I know they're a multi-million, but I think they're a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah, they're a right? multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. Okay. So you're telling me, right? Cause I've heard the argument, well, with the Falcon, they could produce it because they already had the mold. So there's no up cost for them to start that. Okay. So I forget what the baseline was to fund the project. If it was 5,000 or 6,000, if it was 5,000, at $350, that's $1.75 million. 
right? So a hundred. So, so so you're talking about almost two million dollars. Are you telling me Hasbro doesn't have two million dollars to do something like that, and it wouldn't have sold? So yes, they're guaranteeing their money up front by doing this. But you could have put this at retail, and you could have made it an online only, like they did with the Falcon, and you would have sold the heck out of it. Yeah, made to order. You still could have done a made to order pre-order window. You still could have done Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It didn't need to be a Haslab project in order to do that. But I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll say this: uh, changing subjects a little bit. To you mentioned earlier about the Tana Four a corridor. I want to give a quick plug to. All of us who are made that transition, a lot of us from the three and three quarter and the 18th scale to more of the 12th scale and the six inch figure line, um, GP, uh, GTP toys, uh, excuse me, uh, GTP have done a great job of putting, of getting an officially licensed first ever 12 scale diorama approved by Lucasfilm to sell from their own site for guess what? A scheduled pre-order window what a novel idea without having to crowdfund and <laughs> a small company by that by that regard um centered out of utah i believe um and theirs guess what theirs is going to have electronics in it yeah I, and you know, i actually only 170 dollars yeah yep and, you know, I actually have a product that they did before they were licensed. They called them Space Walls. Space Walls. Uh, yeah, that's still the name quarter. of their site. Yeah. Yeah, for the three and three quarter inch. Um, I, I have some Space Walls that they did, which look fantastic, you know. And I, I'm glad to see that we're getting some options because I don't think you're going to get those kind of diorama pieces in the six inch uh, from Hasbro. I just don't think they have the capacity to, to do it. I mean, as it, as it is, you know, we're getting in the six inch line, we're getting regular waves, not exclusives, four to five waves a year. And I understand right. times have changed. It's not the mid 2000s and figure costs and different scales and yada, yada, yada. But there was a time where we were getting 60 three and three quarter inch figures in a, in a year. And in a 60. movie year, we would get 90. Yeah. And, and now we're getting, you know, we're getting four or five waves of Black Series, and then we're getting a smattering of the Vintage Collection. And on and top of that, honest, let's not forget, those... we have carry-forwards and repaints That's what I was well. going to say. <laughs> exactly, so you're you not carry getting carry-forwards and repacks, yeah. Yeah, you're not getting all new figures. Some of those are carry-forward and repacks. And we understand that from a financial standpoint, you have to get the money out of those molds, and we get that. And I'm going to tell Hasbro, I think you've gotten your money out of the Mandalorian mold. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Um, I was going to buy the Darth Nihilus figure, but then I realized it was basically Darth Maul with a new head. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I haven't looked. Oh, yeah. Too, the, literally, too the figure is Darth Maul's body. There's like barely anything from a new mold on it whatsoever, other than the head and the soft plastic hood that's attached to the head. That's pretty much it. Um, I mean, there's very little bit of it that's new tooling. Um, so I was kind of turned off on that once I saw a good review of it. I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't spend close to $30 on that figure. I'd rather spend that on a good custom head 
of Darth Nihilus that's probably going to have a better paint scheme on it anyway. You know, and I think as we grow as collectors, we learn and are a little bit smarter about how we spend our money on things. You know, we're, we're only going to buy figures that we know, hey, whew, they did a brand new mold on this. It looks great. They invest a little bit in this. It works really good. The paint scheme, yeah, you got me. I'm buying it from you, Hasbro. It's awesome. And then you notice, ooh, this is Obi-Wan's body with someone else's head. You know, I could have bought that head or could have 3D printed it myself. This is a different world we live in now, you know, and could have gotten that painted up by a good customizer that's a very good artist that has, you know, we think about the maniples and the and the old old boy CTSs of the world and the casting cave folks, you know, we can get some good stuff from customizers and really help out those artists in the community and, you know, build on getting those, you know, building our own figures in that respect. So, you know, there's many ways and, you know, we want to support everybody. I'm not saying death to Hasbro or or against Hasbro. Let me make that clear. I'm very much about saying, Hey, you know, I think we're being a little bit smarter in the way we buy toys. And I think that's reflected in the company's reactions, right? That's why Hasbro is only putting out, if I think about it, four to five ways a year, because they know, hey, they're not just going to buy our stuff. They're going to be buying things from other places. There's a lot of customizers out there. There's a lot of things. And that's why, what do you see them make the most of? What would have been the big announcements this year's? New clone trooper sculpts, new new stormtrooper sculpts, right? Yep. Those have been their big sellers, right? And what, what, a hot trooper that has three different heads. Think about it. Uh, yeah. They're, they you know what they're can... doing now. They're, 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 they're not making these one-off characters or they're doing them very seldom, right? Because, or if they're doing them, they're just doing them like maybe their hands in their head and using other bodies. Yeah. And I think I'm going to say this about the, the gaming greats line. I think that that's in a perfect spot at GameStop, right? Obviously it goes with the gaming world. You have GameStop, which sells games and collectibles, but see, you were talking a little earlier about focusing your, your, your exclusive somewhere. That's perfect. That works great. Right. And I don't, you know, it'd be nice to see them carry that model. Like you said, I don't necessarily know by movie collection or what, but they've done that, but you're right. They are reusing a lot of parts and I I'm okay with that. I mean, the one that I'm not is the astromech droid. Like I wanted to get, I saw that they're oh, doing right? Hondo's Hondo's droid, but I'm like that, that astromech body, you've reused that thing. It's undersized and you've gotten your money out of that mold. It's time to do a new mold for that. Now, when I, when oh, I joked, yeah. when I said the Mandalorian, I was saying that in jest, I'm not suggesting they should redo the Mandalorian figure mold. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I, that was in jest. But the, the R2, the, the astromech, absolutely. That needs to be redone. You've gotten your money out of that mold. Stop using that mold and well, give I, us something that's given sized some appropriately. Love, giving some love to some of the other uh, podcasts and sites out there. I know we're all big fans of the Foosh and the Foosh cast, and they've done an amazing job. Um, with what they've done and, and really paved the way for a lot of us who now kind of have fun in that same environment that they've created um, is um, I watched uh, one of Robo's play days this past week. And um, I really love what he talked about with Astromex and what he does is he will buy up some of the model kits from Bandai and paint them up himself, or he'll head over to Greedo 737. They do. That's basically all that, that Instagram uh, Instagrammer does is basically do various paint jobs and looks for Astromex R5s and R2s and does an amazing job. And 
you know, we'll, we'll give some love to those folks. You know, if Hasbro's not going to put some effort into it, support the local folks, support some of the artists that are doing it. Um, you know, and that's the fun thing about collecting is, you know, it, it's not like we're married to one group. You know, we can kind of fool around a little bit. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, we, we can we can mess around with a lot of different folks and not feel weird about it because it's not, it's, it's just toys. But, um, but I, I really am a fan of, of trying to, as I transition as a collector from being hardcore, right? Uh, you mentioned the mid-2000s, right? And how that time was very different to now. And, and now I think we're a little bit more open to exploration. I have, man, I feel like I'm comparing all of this to like early adulthood transition <laughs> in college. I don't know how I got there. I think that's my educational background, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of relating this. I'm going to start going into Piaget educational theory soon, I guess. Yeah, that's funny, but I, I, I you're absolutely right. So, you know, I've been myself looking at, uh, you know, buying things from customizers. I'm I'm, you know, I bought some stuff to customize one of my Megazords to be the Japanese version over the U.S. version. That's right. Um, Much love to MMPR. Yeah, um, and yeah, they pointed out to me um, some a couple places, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on those places now to go get those. I think BD15 is one of them on on Facebook who does the stickers for the the Megazords, and then there was another place. I think Starlight Studios is it. Um, I've heard of I got that. the sword yeah. and the chess piece for the Megazord for the Samurai Megazord. And that awesome. it's, it's a metal sword. The thing is awesome. Not that cheap plastic that it came with, but another, so in our, our GI Joe classifieds group out there, there's a guy who did spirit and freedom. And I reached out to him. I'm like, you know, he did them for himself. I was like, Hey dude, would you be willing to do this? And he's like, yeah, I'd be willing to do one. They're going to be kind of expensive. His name is Sean Tats. And I'm like, I'm seriously considering cause he did Spirit and Freedom is one of my favorite G.I. Joes. It's one of the first G.I. Joes I got. Actually, I think it was the second G.I. Joe. I got Dusty first, and then I got Spirit and Freedom. And I love, you know, and he did it in the six inch. And he talked about which parts he used, and it looks awesome. So, I mean, we're, we're definitely expanding in that realm. And I'm getting to that point where I'm realizing it used to, it, it's never been quantity over quality, but I'm realizing that it used to kind of be like I was going for, oh, I have to collect all of them in this line. All of the Yodas will the be mine. in this subset. And now I'm realizing, you know, it's more about the quality and the characters that I want than, oh, well, let me go buy right. my 16th version of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> right. They still can't get the, get the head right. <laughs> they still can't get you know, the head right you know um, they, they can't even get it right again with, with figure arts man and, and i love figure arts yeah. to death, but they <laughs> the the golden hair that the the shiny golden hair they gave him on that return of the jedi sculpt but i will say the a new hope sculpt they did for him is pretty good yeah it's you know i think hot toys has done a good job but i think mark hamill just has oh, one of those hot hard toys. To translate. hot toys yeah. is another um, another like level of like greatness <laughs> nothing can yeah. be compared to hot toys but you know so to kind of bring it back to to where we were you know i'm just personally you know and i ordered the retro collection i think it's great that they're kind you know, of you know you, you pulled me into that too you know i well, ordered they, all they those look too. so good they do they look, look good and here's 
here's the thing. I don't have them because I have almost the entire run of the original vintage. I'm only missing two, and that's Blue Snaggletooth and Pop-Up R2, right? So I have those ones that they did in the retro. I have them already in the vintage style. So it's cool to see them do modern characters in the vintage style, which I won't right. have, and it doesn't feel like I'm rebuying them. Um, but everything is so Mandalorian focused and I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's a couple things on my list that I'd really like to see. Like I, and maybe you have to do it as an exclusive, but I'd love to see a Cantina three pack with a hammerhead, a snaggle tooth and mm -hmm. a walrus man, right? Like those are missing from my collection. Um, you know, but I, I, I kind of digress on, on some of that, but I just feel like it's all Mandalorian now. And that's fine. I get why you don't doing want it. You don't want the credit collection, the carbonized collection, the regular collection, the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought about the credit collection and then I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going down this road. And for the carbonized three and three quarter, I'm only getting Mando right now. Um, you know, but I just would like to see them sprinkle in some prequel and OT. You know, I know that the latest wave of OT has the Han, Luke and Leia, which are in that three uh, or not three pack, that four pack that right. we all got from, from PulseCon. And, you know, honestly, I, I, I got that because it was a little bit of FOMO. I didn't want to miss out on the Ewok figure. Right. And I felt like, I, that's what I, you know, so I actually did see that Han, Luke, and Leia in the single package while we were uh, on the trip at one Really? I, no, that's I, cool yeah. that you saw it out in the wild. And I passed on it because I'm like, I have that pack coming and I'm going to open it no matter how cool the packaging is. Yeah, me too. But the only reason why, yeah, is, is the Ewok is the only reason, you know, Paplu. Paplu, yeah. Um, Paplu. Yeah. And so, um, you know, kind of, so, so let's take this and let, let's, you know, I, I, I feel like, I don't feel like we've been negative, but I feel like we've kind of talked about some of the issues that collectors are facing and some of the things that, that have been kind of a little bit of a downer this year. Um, but look, Brian and I love this hobby. That's why we're still here. And, you know, there's going to be those times where you get frustrated with the hobby. And some people will say, well, if it's not fun anymore, walk away. And I agree, right? And it's not that it hasn't been fun. It's just been frustrating. Good um, word. But there has been, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not that I'm like, oh, my God, I just, I'm, I'm not happy collecting anymore. No, when I get something new, I'm still happy and I'm still enjoying the collecting. It's just, Oh my gosh. I was so excited the other day. So, so let's transition and talk about the one item we've been most excited to find that we don't normally collect. I want each one of us to talk about one. I'm going to mention one thing that I don't normally collect at all, a genre I'm normally ever, never in, but I bought it uh, this past week. So in my, uh, in my Walmart uh, gallivants, um, one of the Walmarts I went to that said it was in stock, didn't have it, blah, 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 right? But what they did have in their collect uh, their adult collectibles area in the electronics section was an Evil Dead 2 uh, Ash. And for those who are not familiar with that, the Evil Dead franchise involves Bruce Campbell, directed by Sam Raimi, um, was one of his first horror films. Actually, Evil Dead is the first film he directed. And that's really what... Um, impacted uh, Marvel at the time, Aviarad at the time, to hire him to direct Spider-Man and to work with the Spider-Man universe. And hence, you've seen Bruce Campbell do cameos throughout for many, many years for Marvel films. 
But Bruce Campbell plays the main character called Ash, who goes in and in this horror film, they end up in a cabin, big surprise, cabin in the woods, scary. And the Book of the Dead is there, the Necronomicon. And uh, some passages are read from the book and some demons start coming out of nowhere and infecting people. And he's having to fight people off. And then eventually his arm gets cut off and gets replaced by a chainsaw. Some of you probably have seen that infamous look of the one arm with the chainsaw. And I found the figure from the Evil Dead 2 film, which is kind of like a rebooted version to start off a franchise from the first film, which is more of an independent independent indie film. Um, and uh, the famous aftermath of that was Army of Darkness. And then they did a whole TV series through, I believe, Stars called Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, I bought the Evil Dead figure because I never collect horror stuff, Chris, ever. And I bought this and I was just so excited about it. Um, getting it home and has a little Necronomicon with it. And big surprise, guess who makes it, Chris? NECA? <laughs> big surprise, yes, NECA. <laughs> um, I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm starting to have like a marriage with this company. It's crazy. Uh, but I just love their stuff so much. And, um, and I just, I, I love that figure. And I was so excited to find it because it's an older item. Um, and I found it and I was able to purchase it and I got that home. And that was probably the one item I was most excited about on top of finding an Ahsoka for myself and you and, and so forth um, on one of my, on one of my many trips to Walmart and so forth. And so that, that's the one item I, I really, really enjoyed this past couple weeks and finding. What about you? So I, I talked about the Batman that I got already, so I'm not going to talk about that, but I found something else that I wasn't expecting to find when we were when we were out. So I found this at a Walmart. I saw it at a comic book store. We did stop at one comic book store on the way up. Um, you know, had a good selection. Typical comic book store. Thought some things were, you know, priced fairly over retail and others were exorbitantly over retail, but I, you know, it was a good mix. Um, but I saw this there and I was like, oh, well, I hope I can find it in the wild. And I, and I ended up doing that. And that is the Transformer smokescreen. And what drew me to him is he's, he's like red, white, and blue. And it's, the colors really pop. Um, and as you know, like I've dabbled my toe in Transformers this year. I now have like, I think five or six Transformers, all from the Earthrise series. Um, or not Earthrise, I should say, the War for Cybertron series, which is Siege, Earthrise, and then I forget, I think, uh, I forget what the worst, the, the last one is. Um, but he's awesome, and I wasn't expecting to find him, and I found him at the Walmart that was actually right there in town where we were staying. Um, it was just sitting there on the pegs along with a couple other new Transformers <laughs> that I uh, passed on, but I saw this guy, I'm like, oh, cool. I just really enjoy the way he's painted. And it's funny, you talk about, you know, having your relationship with NECA. And I feel like I have this relationship with Hasbro as much as I, you know, have my frustration <laughs> points with them. Because I, I, I'm in Transformers, I'm in Star Wars, I'm in G.I. Joe uh, Classifieds, and I'm in Power Rangers. And, and Well, right now, just like you've you know, been, like, with Power Rangers and Transformers, adding those lines onto, onto your Hasbro uh, portfolio... Um, I've been dabbling a little bit more into Marvel Legends and um, and because they've been putting out some things that I've been wanting for a long time, like some of the stuff from the original X-Men movies, finally doing some justice to those uh, films with some actual figures. And I bought up the uh, 
the Wolverine, not the Wolverine you see in the store everywhere. Um, this one really hasn't hit the stores yet, but I got it through Amazon, actually through Amazon Warehouse. I didn't care about the packaging, so I got it like $8 off because it had damaged packaging. And it's uh, the Wolverine um, with uh, the jeans and the white tank on him. And the face sculpts on the two faces, I mean, I have never seen a better Hugh Jackman Wolverine head sculpt in my entire life. It looks that good. And it came from Hasbro. No offense, Hasbro. You're not well known for great face sculpts until the last year and a half since you've gotten that technology. But this sculpt was insane. I mean, I, I, I still sit there at my desk looking at it, and I'm just in awe of how much it looks like Hugh Jackman and how articulated it is. I mean, it, the double joints on the knees and the arms. I mean, there's so many different things I can do with that figure. Have him like flying through the air with his claws out. And with the new system, you can pull the individual claws out and stick them in on a peg. It's so smart. The, the engineering they did on that figure, the new Wolverine figures are fantastic. Yeah, I've seen those Marvel Legends popping up. And, you know, like I used to be into Marvel Legends a lot heavier than I am now. I backed off because I was like, oh, I really need to just focus on Star Wars, which is ironic because now I'm in all these lines. Um, but I, I still pick up Marvel Legends from time to time, especially if they're characters I'm really fond of. So, you know, if it's a Thor, I really love Thor. Or like Moon Knight, I really love Moon Knight. Um, and the uh the thunderstrike i think his name is thunderstrike figure that's coming out who's kind of in that thor family i've seen him a couple times i'm like in that new wave i'm like oh, i might war machine's another one i'm a sucker for war machine so i've i mean i'm still dabbling my toe in the marvel legends too unfortunately i don't have any of my marvel legends displayed um because i just don't have the room i had to take down a whole shelf of star wars to get up my joes my he-man my power rangers Your power um, rangers display my, is getting my, pretty epic yeah power rangers is going to move to a third shelf too and here's yes. what i'm going to say so i'm going to tell everybody like power rangers that's the line that i'm enjoying the most right now i'm having so much fun collecting power rangers and you know i kind of knew i was in trouble when hasbro revealed they had the license and then they showed the white ranger i'm like oh because you know i've talked about it on the show before i never liked the bandai proportions which is what kept me out of buying the couple i like but since hasbro's got it and they're you know they've got the scale you know i'm getting some of my favorite ranger teams they're completing some teams they're dabbling into megazords now um although they don't really compare as nicely to the to the bandai ones but i have a feeling like hasbro and I don't know anything. I just, this is just a feeling I have that they're on the horizon of doing their own version of a Megazord that's going to transform and stuff. But they did a Zeo Megazord and it went up, uh, it was revealed at PulseCon and it's just the robot himself. But the articulation he has is awesome. Like you can make him do things that you can't get a transforming Megazord to do because you can't have those joints move that way. So he looks fantastic. And I have to make room on, on the shelf for him. Um, but yeah, I'm, and of course, you know, as we record this tomorrow is the 30th of, of October and we're going to have a Power Rangers fan first Friday. So That's right. I'm really excited to see 
I think most of the stuff is going to be, you know, we're going to finally get some pre-order dates for the versus two packs and for the monsters. And I'm super pumped that they're doing a monsters line for the Power Rangers. I know you've been waiting for that for a while. So you can have your Power Rangers like fighting them or you can have the Megazord fighting, you know, a robot on your, you know. Yeah, finally stop all this infighting between Power Ranger teams, right? All this infighting (laughs) happening on the show. Uh, And they've done some good, you know, they've done a good job this year of getting Rita Repulsa out and Lord Zed and that two pack. I just, I like what Hasbro's done. Um, I know that for some of the fans who collected the Bandai line, you know, they want a little bit more, but for someone like me who decided to get in on the ground floor, I'm really enjoying seeing what, what they're doing. And then I think second behind that line, um, it's kind of a tie because between G.I. Joe and, and Masters of the Universe. The problem is both of those lines aren't doing as much um, at the moment. But here's the thing. We're getting a Castle Skull in the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I have it pre-ordered through Walmart. Yay! But as, as soon as it goes on Amazon, I'm canceling my Walmart pre-order and getting it from Amazon. <laughs> but it's, hey, it's, it's, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, so those are the lines, you know, I'm having fun with. I just feel like Star Wars is kind of one dimensional right now. And when we do get something uh, outside of the Mandalorian, it's a little stale, if you will. Uh, I just, oh, it's I, fair. I, I think that's I'm fair. looking for yeah. aliens and creatures and characters that we don't have and not the umpteenth version of Luke, Leia, Han, yeah, Vader, different. I mean, Yoda, a lot of Yoda. Jedi characters. And that, that yeah. they haven't even made. You know, you, you know, we talked about this, I think, off air, you know. So we have, they did Kit Fisto and Plo Koon, but you have CC Tin and you have, uh, you know, Keati Coleman Mundi. Trevor, Kiati Mundi. Uh, you know, there's so many characters that they haven't done yet in the, uh, in the Black Series. And, you know, I'm still collecting three and three quarter, but I think it's fair to say that I'm more of a six inch collector now. And, you know... It is what it is. I think that there's, there's, there's some people like me who collect both scales, and then you have your hardcore, like Robo over at the Fouche is six, strictly six inch, and then you have your other people who are strictly three and three quarter, and that's all fine. Collect what you like. Yeah, um, and like I would say, my focus is mostly twelve scale and things that I buy, and I try to stick with that scale. Um, there are a handful of six scale items I'll get. You know, maybe get. I, I maybe get one hot toys a year uh, just because of how expensive it is. Um, like this year um, I have my Qui-Gon coming. Hopefully they keep pushing off the last payment. So it's not ready to ship yet, but they pushed it off till November. Now it was originally supposed to come to me in September. So um, I'm excited about that. Hopefully coming next month. And then next year it'll be Ahsoka because as you know, my wife is obsessed with Ahsoka Tano. So um, that was pre-ordered the day it went up. Um, <laughs> uh, she's been she's been waiting for a Hot Toys Ahsoka forever. That's like the all. She's like, that's what I want. That that's all I want is I want a Hot Toys Ahsoka. When that's announced, I'm buying it, and <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, but you know, and uh, and on top of that, you know, I I pick and choose my three and three quarter vintage um, TVC stuff, and 
and because there's certain characters I like on a card or certain ones that um, I don't have that I like. Um, I've sold a bunch of my uh, three and three quarter stuff because I'm trying to focus more in tall scale. That's why I'm excited about, um, we mentioned the the diorama piece. I'm definitely going to be buying that. I think the pre-orders are up until um, I think either late November, or early December. So I'll probably pre-order that next month. Um, and I'll, I'll be excited to get that tan of hallway at the 12 scale um, because I also have a couple di I have a, I have one diorama for my turtles. I have the street scene diorama already, but I'm also getting the animated street scene diorama that should be shipping, I think, early next year alongside my accessory set and my token Razor and my Bebop and Rocksteady, which are all paid for on pre-order. But I don't mind because I know I'm getting it and I don't have to kill anybody to find it. So I, I, I'm okay with waiting. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird, you know, that, uh, you know, hot toys, you expect long prior windows. But did you see the date on the retro collection? It's a July yeah. from Amazon yeah. and Pulse. Big Bad Toy Store has it listed as January, but they're my, all different. Yeah, it's really weird. And well, I, I had that happen to me. Uh, where I had one figure that was laid out not to come to December, but then it was shipped uh, like in, I think, end of September, where it was it. originally supposed to come out in December. Cheer it, cheer it. Yes, yep. cheer it. Yeah. Cheer and, it, and Han it happened with Hondo and, and the Luke Skywalker as well. Yeah. That wave shipped yeah. early. It, it, I, you know, those change all the time. So, but as we come to a close to, to our conversation this month, I do want to kind of give a preview to folks to what to expect for the rest of this year. Um, so I know you and I talked about um, uh, doing an end of year um, kind of review and where we'll kind of pick out maybe um, each of us can either pick out or maybe we'll jointly decide together what our top items were for the year that were released. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, going to be our year in review show. Uh, I think we're going to aim to get that out uh, before the Christmas holiday yeah. in December. Um, and we'll try, you know, we're going to try and get back to a regular schedule here and, and get you a show in November. But we're also, you know, uh, this is a labor of love, but the editing process takes a lot of time <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it's, it can be tough to get that in. So, you know, we're this format, it's going to be probably not, not very much editing. Um, and we'll see, but we're going to try and return to the normal format for November. Can't promise you it's going to be as tightly edited as maybe what you're used to. And hopefully that's not a problem, but the editing process just takes a lot of time. And, and, you know, Brian and I were realizing that it's, it's tough to be able to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, we, we just, you know, uh, this is something we do for fun and uh, to hang out and chat. So, and to talk about toys and collectibles, right? And and yep. uh, and we, we just want to make sure that it's better to get it out to you than for us to sit here and try and be perfectionists on editing it down and making it seem like it's perfection upon everything. And uh, so it doesn't mean we're not going to put effort into putting out a good product for you guys. We just want it to feel a little bit more organic and a little less, uh, a little less, uh, you know, broken, uh, taking too much time on the editing side of things. So um, yep. let us know how you feel about this episode when we post it. 
Um, you know, we'll probably be posting this uh, probably just a few days from recording this, to be honest. Um, we might even post on Halloween for it to be fun. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think we'll we'll post it this Sunday. Uh, it was Saturday, right? Saturday is Halloween. Saturday, yeah. yep. Saturday is Halloween. So we'll, so we'll uh, still it, get you a show for October. That's right. <laughs> so it counts. So uh, we'll probably just toss on our, our – uh, our basic intros and exits on here and we'll just get this out to you guys so you can listen in and and uh tell us what you think um yep. and uh you know use your I, use your voices on social media let us know what you think about uh, uh what we're doing and if you want any kind of edits or changes or things like that just give us that feedback we appreciate it and i did want to point out as we're wrapping up here so if you are interested in getting the razor crest it obviously has already funded. The target was 6000 It's just over 13000 now, but mm-hmm. that does end on November 9th. November 9th. Yep. yep. So yep. If, you, if that's something you want, I highly encourage you, if that's something you want, to support it. Um, but it does end on the 9th, so I just wanted to make everyone aware. And they have hit the, the three stretch goals that they've listed, and I believe they've listed two more. There are two secret goals. tiers. Yeah, so I, I <laughs> that we don't know what they are. Yep. So, but uh, you know, the escape pod, the child on a on a card, uh, vintage collection card, which there will be one coming in the regular line. This one's yeah. just going to be a little bit different. I believe the carriage is vac metalized, and then you know the carbonite blocks are all unlocked. So, mm-hmm. if that's something you want, go grab it. You've only got, I think, nine little over nine days to go do that. Yeah, yeah. Running out of time, you know. Yep. If you want to be a part of that, make sure you go and do it, you know. And uh, like we said, you know, we're you know we we did talk a little ill of it earlier, not in the sense of the product, because we do still think it looks awesome and it's great. And I think if you need that for your collection, definitely go and grab it, um, you know. But you know, uh, we definitely want you to not miss out on that because I know I, I can't imagine. Chris having missed out on the barge because I think he would have had a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I really do love the, love the barge. It's just, it's a centerpiece you know, to his room. Yeah. It, it really is the centerpiece now. So it's really something. And that's, you know, we talk about the different scales I collect and for three and three quarter in it, that's where I really do my dioramas. And I really put some effort into making them look, you know, expansive. Um, so, and the other thing I'll add here is, is we're not going to, we're not going to get political, but just go vote. If you haven't voted yet, go, yes. vote. go out and vote, make sure you get exercise that your right as an American. Yep. And if you have a, a mail-in ballot and you filled it out, you're kind of running out of time. I would drop it off at a ballot box or take it to your polling place. I would exactly. put it in the mail at this point. Yep. Make sure you take it to a polling place or an early voting center if it's prior to Tuesday. So, but I think that's going to do it. You know, we'll see what's going to be announced tomorrow for Fan First Friday. And I'm sure there's more surprises coming this year because we've kind of gotten, we're in the, the, the end of the year here. And so we kind of know what's coming for the rest of this year, but we're going to start getting announcements for what's coming early part of next year. Absolutely. So as we head on out from October, we get excited for, Thanksgiving and the fun of November and hopefully cooler weather down South here in Florida, but thank you all for joining us this week and we'll see you 
next time. Well, Brian, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Come back next month to hear us talk toys and collectibles on Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Until next time, we wish you good luck on your toy hunt. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. You can find Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast on Facebook at Thrill of the Hunt Collector Podcast. There you can interact with us and find links to our other social media channels. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and belong solely to them. This podcast is not affiliated with any of the toy companies or licenses mentioned in the show. This show may not be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without express written consent from the host.